Are your glasses Hugo Boss? Oh, yeah. God, they're so filthy. They are Hugo Boss. Why would you spend so much money? It only cost me 70 quid. That's so much money. But then I'm going to have these for like the rest of my life. Uh-huh. Or for at least two to three years. Do you know how long I've had these? Um, I don't know. I feel like pre-COVID you had those. Did you? Or not like two to three years? Because you used to have black frames. Would you say roughly two to three years? Yeah. All right. So my glasses have lasted me two to three years. Yeah. Your Hugo Boss glasses have lasted you two to three years. Yeah. Do you know how much I paid for my frames? 25. Would you say my frames are like bad looking or would you say they're, they're fairly stunning? They're nice looking. I would yeah. wear them. Yeah. I think 20 quid tops. I'm sure they're a Specsavers 17.99 range. Okay. Well, I for some reason went for the Specsavers 69.99 range. Because they got you with a two for one bargain. Yeah. Yeah. And- but how much is it to buy two of their cheapest pairs? I, I don't... 40 quid, because it's £20 a pair. I, For years I was doing this, I'd be like, these glasses, and they're like, oh, do you want to come and check our buy one, get one free section? I'd be like, fuck Absolutely. yeah. Fuck yeah, I do. Buy one, get one free. And it wasn't until I was like, what are these ones? And they're like, oh, that's the very cheap range. That's like £17.99 a you pair. You wouldn't ever want to touch Nobody those. Nobody wears those. And I was like, sorry, but wait, two pairs, two pairs of them is what, 40 quid? And she went, yeah, no, it, which is cheap, cheaper than the two for one single pair. She went, well, yeah. I was like, cool. I'm just going to buy two. <laughs> I'm going to buy two of these and fuck your two for one off. She I mean, was not happy with me. I point. got, well, because she probably lost out like a commission of some kind. <laughs> I also got fucked with my glasses because I got this pair, mm-hmm. which are nice. People compliment them. I like that. They look good. I got another pair as well that I wasn't that. Mm-hmm. Took I, a gamble on. Wasn't that keen on, but I thought, I'll give it a go. And she was just like, yeah, they look like great. those are really good. Like, they're different, I think you should go. And I'm like, do you yep. know what? Yeah, I feel Never bold. Got home, put them on in the mirror. I went, what the fuck am I doing? Like, <laughs> look at these. These are terrible. Yeah. And you, know now- you know what fucks me off more than anything? From like people that don't wear glasses or- um, You mean lessers? Lessers. Because <laughs> we can see more than they can see. <laughs> um, I hate when I like, because I every time I get a new set of glasses, I will try and get- a slightly different style or yeah. I'll buy two spets that are very, very different. And I fucking hate when you turn up and people are like, Oh God, what have you done? And you're like, I've, I've got a new style of glasses. I'm like, why? And I'm like, well, because I've been wearing them on my face and I do. And it's, you know, it's kind of like, I quite like being a glasses wearer. Cause you can have this, this like, it's almost like a chapter in a book where you're like my new glasses, my last ones are fucked. I need to get lens updates, whatever. It's, it's kind of like a, a launch pad into, I'm going to get a crazy new, this is going to be my new visual personality. Pretty much, like it, it's kind it's like of changing it, up your hairstyle. Yeah, it like launch pads you into a new look. Yeah, and then people, and people just have the fucking audacity to be like, "Oh, I don't like them." I'm like, well, it doesn't fucking. Ma- <laughs> they're going to be on my face every day for the next three years. <laughs> so you better fucking learn to like. Get them, used to it. Fuck. This is this is my new visual reality. Yeah, it, it hates me. I hate. It hates me. I hate it so much. It's because it's such a big gamble it is the equivalent but what annoys me is i don't know why people think it's okay because if somebody turned up with a very clearly a new haircut or very clearly like a brand new style i would not be like what the fuck are you doing that's a mistake i'd be like oh, wow it's like you're trying something new i think you're really rocking it you know i'm like it's different but it, I'm, I'm gonna love it i'm gonna grow into it i think it's a great well done for trying something new the more you talked during that the less i felt confident in the choices that i had no. made so <laughs> if you said that to someone they'd be like oh they like oh they did not like it they're no, just but like because it's different that's a better way of doing it than what people say to us glasses wearers of like 
Oh, so why did you? Uh, you mean pick, the superiors? Why did you pick them? Here's the big problem with a new pair of glasses compared to a haircut or a sense of style or new. Yeah. You're trying some different shoes. Yeah. Maybe you've worn Converse your entire life and then you decide to wear Car- some pair of Crocs. Nike Air Max or whatever Nike those Air things Max. are called. Is you buy the Nike Air Max? I think that's what they're called. I'm not trendy and I don't know about shoes. Or you buy the new outfit. Air you Jordans. Get, or you. You get the Air Jordans, don't see the movie Air, it's garbage, or you get a new haircut. Gavin, don't try and bring film into this That's chat that we're having about cares glasses about that film and shoes. Relevant. So you get the new haircut, the hair grows back yep. within a month. The shoes... That's not how... What are you talking about? But your hair will more or less come back to where you need it to be to put it back to how you wanted it. Unless well, it depends you have really, on much hair. Exactly. Like it depends on much hair you cut off. But However, yeah, I understand what you're getting. You know what I mean? Go, or go, with go, the go. shoes, yep. you can put those Nike Air Max or Air Jordans in the cupboard and just put on your Converse again. Or you can put all the old shirt. Yep. If you commit to a pair of glasses, you're committing money and experience. Because you okay. don't need another eye test for another year. Yes. However, I mean, to counteract that point... How much is a pair of Air Jordans? Probably like 100 quid. I don't know. I don't buy shoes either. Let's just say the average pair of trendy, quote unquote, uh, shoes is what, like 80 to 100 pounds. Sure. I mean, we could just buy more lenses. We could just go and buy these glasses. Yes, this is true. <laughs> now that you pointed this out to me, <laughs> I think my point might have failed. <laughs> and I fucking hate that you don't get lenses like glasses on the NHS. Because if I am... Broke. Zero pounds. Which often I am. Often. Go into the... And I'm like, hey, my glasses were split down the middle like a classic 80s nerd and I've had to tape them up. And Hermione's done a... Alohomora! Whatever no, she no, says. Hermione can't do Alohomora. It's not Alohomora. It's a... Uh, Pero... Oh, see, now I'm thinking about the spell. The spell? The spell that fixes glasses. It's not Alohomora. Alohomora unlocks locks. I need to look it up. See what you've done, Gavin. Um, while I'm looking it up, yeah. So say you're broken, you're you're wearing full on uh, like nerd glasses, and you go into specs and you're like, "Hi, I need a new pair of glasses." Like, yeah, no worries. The ones you're wearing, we can physically see are falling off your face and like are wrecked. Like maybe a lens is cracked as well. You're fucked. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, cool. And to be clear, spec savers and me, we both know I can't live my life without these glasses. Yeah, I physically cannot leave this this establishment because i will you mean my flat no i'm in spec savers okay this is why we can't do improv i physically cannot leave this establishment spec savers manager because the moment i do i will walk in front of a bus thinking it's a blur in fact i don't know what i think it is i'll just be like wow what's that giant red fuzz that's coming directly they have your life in their hands yeah and they're like yep yep i totally I totally understand that because I have your prescription. I've done your eye test. I know that you are blind as fuck. Cool. So can I have some glasses, please? Of course you can. That's 50 pounds. <laughs> you oh, fucks. Also, you won't be ready for a week. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, right, Good okay. luck. Harry Potter, Harry Potter fix glasses spell. Oculus Repairo. I was right. I said Repairo. The Repairo is the spell. You have to add in whatever you're uh, repairing. So like if it's Oculus. like um, sphincter repairo. Yep, that would tighten it right up. <laughs> or push it back in depending on how much damage you've done. Something so dark came to my head and I'm not going to say it. Play the intro. <laughs> it's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. 
so won't you lend an ear? Give me one fuego. One fuego. Yes. Just I'll only take one. It's like it's like a like a like a dog treat. <laughs> you can start us off by like trumpeters. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Meandering Movie Podcast. I may have to admit that the shape of the Taki Fuego is not good. Gary has uh, a packet of Taki Fuegos and I said he's not allowed to eat them on mic, but because he was such a good boy during the intro, I gave him one as a treat and as has happened the entire time he's been eating them, he started to choke because they are an aw- awkward shape. They're fuego. They taste awful. They do not and taste there's awful. there's nothing good about them. There's they nothing, taste great. There's nothing good about the tacky fuego. The fuego part. But do you know what? There is things that are good. Film fan theories. Film fan theories. FFTs. FFTs. FFTs sounds like a spinoff to NFTs. No. Moving on. Well, that was a great improv, guys. Thanks for joining us for the Meandering Movie Podcast. It's the first rule of improv is never say no. But uh, I, I laugh in the face of that. Um, film fan theories. Since, I'm not going to say since the beginning of time. Oh, am I, am I going loud? Am I loud as shit already? Am I okay? Since, no, I don't want to say since the beginning of cinema, but from like the 80s? Maybe earlier than that. But I would say that the film fan theory started hitting. It's like real prevalent people looking into like, oh, what did they mean? Kubrick was probably the the, the, the granddaddy. Maybe Hitchcock before that. I mean, I, I suppose here's the annoying thing is we, you decided we were doing this yesterday. Yes. And then. Well, no, you sent me a list. I said, you pick. You said, no, I'm not picking. And then Phil picked a random number which corresponded to this topic. And we kind of fell into it. I was working all day. I've had no time to do any research. Mm. I did 20 minutes of research before this podcast started. And you phoned me three times <laughs> to talk about fire engines, how you forgot the recording equipment, and then I had to guide you through FaceTime and how to get to my flat. One, I haven't seen a fire engine since I was about seven they years old. They absolutely exist. I see I them all the time. Not, I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying I haven't seen one. Two... I hadn't forgot the recording equipment. I pranked you. Well, clearly, because we're doing this right yeah, now. Yeah, fucking dynamite prank. I turned up with the orange bag and you were like, oh, Christ, I was seriously pranked just there. I love how you said orange bag instead of sensitive bag because we don't want to talk about Sainsbury's for the third time in like the last three podcasts we've released. I don't talk about Sainsbury's. Like in Canto? And what? Anyway. And three... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not doing satnav anymore. From now on, I'm going to FaceTime you. I'm going to front face the camera, and it's going to be that awkward. So you, and the I thing is, I, I can see the, I can see it. I can see you can even see. I could road. see more of your dashboard <laughs> than I could what was out your window. But I still somehow got you here. You got me here. It's a good way because you were lost in like Sucky Hoshi or something. Next to Mandors, if you're a Glasgow uh, fan, Mandors the textile. I think most shop. of the people who listen to this are not Glasgow. Maybe not though. I think we get a lot of. Uh, cross Atlantic reach. Okay, well, if, if you are someone who doesn't live in Scotland, I want you to message us in. Message us in, is that right? I want you to uh, send no. us a message text, in tweet. telling us where you're from. Tweet, don't text no us. Tweet us. I, I don't know why we, I don't know why we try at Meandering Pod or no email us Meandering Movie Podcast no com and let us know what country you live in. But if it's Scotland, I do not want to hear from you. I've made peace with the fact that these episodes will exist for infinity and when i'm old and senile i'll just put them on one day and have the best time of my life that's what i do now 
<laughs> anyway, film fan film theories. Film fan theories. So, Kubrick. I would say the 90s. I, again, with no research, I'm going to say 90s was a big time because you've got the, the internet starting to come around. You've got internet chat mm. rooms. You have a lot of movies at that time. That I are, think 80s. But I, 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 I'm in the same kind of... But I totally agree the same kind of area. 90s it was, it was, was such a cerebral kind of like movie experience. We've got like your... You've got your Sevens. Fincher's a great one for this with Seven mm-hmm. and Fight Club. Then you've got uh, you've got your Matrix as well. And you've just... You've got... A, um, a lot of movies kind of like that where it's a lot more cerebral based whereas the 80s was a lot more kind of like action in your face based yeah face based I quite face like face based oh um, G- Gary's here and I'm your face based Gavin these oh, are yeah, our I'm names Gary. god we are so bad at this ah, we're just we're rolling with the punches so, we're rolling in the deep <laughs> Adele so what we're gonna do is we're gonna present each other some of our favourite film favorite. fan theories some of our FF FT's favorite film fan theories. Oh, that was good. And we're gonna dive into them a little d- bit, explore them, and really get to the meat of it. You go first. I, I'm so ready to go first. My first one is that now. Stay with me in this one. All the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are fake. <laughs> yeah, now you so might be thinking. We know. Of course they're fake course they're because fake. it's a made-up movie that's not real. But ah, well, no, I meant they're clearly fake because they tell you it's fake, right? They're like, "Oh, these dinosaurs uh, that we mixed in some frog DNA," and because we, because what is it? They only had like a partial DNA, and they were like, "We need lizard DNA," and they used a frog because the frog. I can't remember why, but they used like lizard DNA for that. This theory suggests that because um, like a lot of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm don't resemble actual real life dinosaurs that um what do you call it those those people that existed that dig up the bones yeah that existed archaeologists so, thank you those are the people uh, so for example like velociraptors uh, it's now widely uh, considered they had feathers and they're about the size of a chimpanzee or the dinosaur that spits the the what a velociraptor was the size of a chimpanzee this is a yeah wait is that bigger or smaller than but i thought it was that's smaller so it's like up to like maybe thigh height, whereas the ones in the movie are like taller than yeah, they're everyone. massive. Yeah, they love ice cream too. Did they love ice cream? No, they slip in ice cream, so they didn't like it. Well, no, I think that I think if you watch it frame by frame, you'll see that one of the velociraptors slips in the ice cream. The kids are like ah, they run out of the kitchen, and in the background, when the main velociraptor is chasing the kids, there's another velociraptor who's on his side, and he's like just having a little slurp up. I once almost drowned in a swimming pool. That didn't make me like swimming pools. Wait, it doesn't drown in the ice cream. They just slip in the ice cream. I know, but if you slip in... Do you know why they slip in that ice cream? What? Because the film sets it out. Early on in Jurassic Park, the power fails. And he's like, I I can't remember who. It might be Sam Jackson's like, well, the kitchen power's failed as well. Um, And then they eat the ice cream later. But it's all melted. And because he's like, we need to eat this because it's going to melt. But there's only five of them and there's a whole restaurants worth of ice cream that's why there's ice cream funny floor. you bring up that scene where they're eating ice cream and s- such there's a scene between Hammond and Laura Dern's character sad sad sadly sad Ellie Ellie Sadler Ellie Sadler Ellie Sadler well played fucking look at us go still got it uh, something in there in the old noggin uh, and they're like eating ice cream and stuff and he's talking about one of his first jobs working for like a like a flea circus mm-hmm. and the whole thing about flea circuses is that it's all Oh, it's make-believe. It's all fake. You, you're making the fleas do things that they can't actually like mechanized do. mechanised seesaw, and then the kids are like, Does, isn't this... A, wait, sorry. Is this not exactly what the story he tells in Jurassic Park? 
That's a that's storyteller. Yeah, he's like... Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. a, that's what I was just saying. Were you listening to me? <laughs> is this... Hello? Is anyone out there listening? Uh, sorry. If you're from Jamaica, please email in. <laughs> uh, What's your best Jamaican accent? God, no. <laughs> then, <laughs> the that's mix. mine. <laughs> Theory. So the dinosaurs, there's like 11, I'm going to keep us going. Yep. There's like 11 of them, like 11 species more or less you'll see in that, that first movie. I can name them all. No, you can't. T-Rex. Okay. Triceratops. Uh-huh. There's not a Triceratops in the first movie, so you've already failed. Oh wait, there is. Yes, there's one there left. is. I'm going to cut that out. Sam Neill rams his fist into its shit. Yeah, the Triceratops. Triceratops. Yeah. Brontosaurus. Yeah. Velociraptor. Yeah. Did you not already see Velociraptor? No, I said T-Rex, Triceratops, Brontosaurus, Velociraptor. <laughs> it's metal, I forgot. You're, you're only four, I already forgot what you said. <laughs> four in. No, four in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, see? Now you've kind of... <laughs> dried up. What's the, <laughs> what's the acid spit you want? Oh, fuck. Yeah, the the collared number. What about the one that are like flocking like birds that the T Rex comes out of the trees? Oh, that's a. Uh, oh, I actually feel like I'm doing myself a disservice. I used to know all these dinosaur names, but no. I can't remember a single fucking one of them. You that's got, the you got four. Pachyo. Is it a pack? A pack? A pack? No, Pachyo. It's a Pachyosaurus. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. That's in the second one. A Pachycephalosaurus. No, nope, that's pack. the one with the big bone bit at the back. Yeah, that's what the that's what's in the herd. No, it isn't. And also, that's not what he says. That they do move in herds. He says the brontosaurus moves in herds. No, we should have watched Jurassic Park. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that he they come through Jurassic Park. The music swells up. After Laura Dern has just gone, none of these plants should exist. This is the wrong time frame. And the camera pans to what? The camera pans to what? Brontosaurus. Brachiosaurus. One of the long-necked ones. And fucking Sam Neill goes, they do move in herds. No, but I'm talking about when it's the two kids and Sam Neill hiding behind the tree as like yeah, the, 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 they, I know what you're talking about. That's dinosaur- when he says they do move in herds. But I was asking which one of those di- Pachyosaurus. No, because he says like they move like birds or something. They're flocking like birds. The they- he says they do move in herds. Whatever he says. <laughs> what dinosaur is that? A Pachyosaurus! That's not what it's called. Fucking for the tenth time. Anyway, I got them all. Next, so carry on. The film theory. <laughs> We've not even made it through one. <laughs> The film theory is that uh, Hammond and all of them just made an amalgamation of dinosaurs and species as to what people thought they looked like. Okay. In the context of the movie. Right, I think I'm with you. So they grab the bones. And actually, this tracks. This kind of tracks real life as well. If you take like classic um, dinosaur movies from like the the 30s and 40s, Mm. the black and white ones and stuff, and then you take what? animals look like now and reptiles now they just kind of blended dna and everything and looks to present something that people thought yeah that's what a dinosaur looks like and then yeah. hammond invites jeff goldblum uh sam neill and laura dern the three experts to get them to sign off hopefully on what they think they look like because yeah. they have these preconceived conceptions and he's seen that and he goes they think this. I'm going to bring them, get them to legitimize what I have. Yeah, because Sam Neill's the only one that would theoretically be able to do that, right? Yeah. What's Ian Malcolm? Ian Malcolm's like a philosopher? (laughs) Yeah. 
like, he's no right. If that, but I think, he has no right signing off on what a dinosaur. But I think looks he, like. he's not signing off on what the dinosaurs look like. He's signing off on the idea of the dinosaurs. You know, I, I get, I'm, I'm agreeing that in the okay. sense that he's like, he's like, if you're going to get a bunch of people that know what dinosaurs look like, no, nah, that's not what you want. What you want is you want kind of reg scientific enough that you can yes. be like, look, we got. Dr. Stadler and Dr. Malcolm and Dr. <laughs> Sam Neill. I can't remember. It's, his it's name. like they, they invited a gynecologist. And yeah. like, Let's see what she <laughs> the, the doctor part was more important than the actual yes. what they do. And he's like, and anyway, five doctors all signed <laughs> off that we have real dinosaurs. We brought a dentist, we brought a gynecologist, <laughs> and we brought a philosopher. And all of them signed off on these dinosaurs looking real. <laughs> And then, so yeah, okay. Hammond himself, like, because as the movies go on, they try to present Hammond as like he is this great visionary and yeah, he was blah blah. Fantastic. blah. It's like, but he was a businessman and a con man. He's he a, a self-professed yeah, con man. Self-professed con man thing. who just wanted to make. He, he started off as like flea circus. He wanted to make the biggest flea circus of them all a big theme park with made-up looking dinosaurs. That's I. I actually really like that theory because you're. I think the the theme you've just said theme park, and I'm like that's because that. He pretty openly says at one point, like, it's a theme, like, it's a theme park, yeah. it's an attraction. The whole presentation is He doesn't deliberate. give a fuck about, like, he's even got the cars, the little, yeah. like, the, the on the track, and they're, all the actual scientists are like, get me out, and they break it. But yeah, he's- And he's, then he's, he's got, like, areas for people to come and have, like, ice cream and snacks and yeah. stuff, and there's, like, there's going to be um, so it's all just memorabilia fake. and stuff, and it's all just, like, a big show, and none of it, because he presents it as, this is the next stage- in human evolution, because we're bringing back a species from the dead. Look at what we can do. Isn't this beautiful? We're bringing them back and they can live. And bl- it's like, nah, he just, it's just all fun and games money because he's. Here's, this is a slight aside. We're not talking about theories, but following the actual real world implications of there being an actual Jurassic Park, right? Mm-hmm. So let's follow the thread. Jurassic Park, ignoring 2 3 World and Dominion. And, um, other f- extinction world fallen kingdom dominion fallen kingdom dominion thank you ignoring all of them let's just put it let's imagine hey gav did you hear the news they've opened a real life jurassic park right cool fast forward five years ignoring the fact jurassic park well actually let's just imagine if it, it, it follows the plot of the film and it goes to shit almost mm. instantly right they now have the technology full-on we can clone we can clone things like properly 100 clone them do you know what's coming like 10 years later? Come to History Park where you can have actual dinner with Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln. <laughs> Hitler, don't bring and, your gun, and Winston Churchill. <laughs> like basically Westworld, except rather yeah. than <laughs> rather than be like, don't worry, they're robots that have turned sentient. These have always been sentient. This is an abomination. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's. <laughs> That's in itself is just a great gri- fi a great sci-fi kind of TV show or film idea that I'm surprised if someone's not done yet. There's probably a book or short story out there, somewhere. but like a wee like HBO like show where it's just like we have cloned these people from history. What's the moral implication of that? Mm. Let's make a show. I guess Westworld was kind of what's the moral implication kind of? Is like they're all cowboys and they're dumb fucks, and it just turned into the most over the top sciencey god complexy bullshit. I've not watched anything past Westworld season. Oh, do no not. spoilers. I watched season two and I, it, I was, it was real bad. Is it bad? And then I never watched three, and it, I think it had a fourth season and got cancelled. And Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad is in it. Oh, okay. But he's not as Jesse Pinkman, obviously, because oh. that would be weird. Oh, okay. 
He's like, you bitches. And then he's throwing out drugs. That's my Jesse Pinkman, apparently. You bitches. <laughs> so that is my uh, Jurassic Park film f- fan theory. Film fan theory, Jurassic Park. I like it. Yeah. Do you want me to go over mine? Absolutely. All right. So first one, I'm going to start with, a. I think, probably the most well-known one that I'm going to talk about. Okay. Uh, the Matrix Within a Matrix Theory. Mm. You know this one? Uh, for the audience, you know. But yeah, but have you, have you, you've heard of this. Maybe. Maybe. So Matrix- The thing was with The Matrix, there's so many different theories. There's a lot of theories. But the one I like the most is that effectively, and, and I, I think I like this because the film outright pretty much tells you this. So in The Matrix, um, at one point, Sam... No, not Sam. Sam Jackson. Neal's in the Matrix. Sam, I, was, I think that's <laughs> Sam Neal, but I was going to be like Sam Jackson, but it's not Sam Jackson. It's Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne tells, he gives um, a Neo the, the, the brief history of what happened with the machines. And he tells them, look, this is the scratch. They, the machines rose up. They gave humans a perfect world. We rebelled against the perfect world. So then the machines cranked it down from like 10 to a four and they put us in a perpetual 90s and they gave us graft and war and fucking famine. And they basically like gave us a far more realistic version of the world because the human condition can't live in perfection, can't live in happiness. So the matrix within a matrix theory is that the matrix we watch gets a bit inception here. The Matrix that we watched, all three of those films, is... Four. Oh, four films, thank you. Is actually... Well, the fourth one kind of breaks... No, oh, it doesn't break it. Eh, it doesn't break it. Anyway, all four of those films is actually just a Matrix. So if you imagine those four films are a Matrix, mm-hmm. and we're just watching the Matrix, and outside of that is... So even though we think it's real life... The struggle, the strife that Lawrence Fishburne tells Neo that humans have to live with is the one and Trinity and coming out of the Matrix to fight the machines. So the machines are a level up, fucking happy as Larry, kicking around the earth, being solar powered, probably. You know what I mean? Like the, the skies have cleared up. Yeah. Everything is great. And they just have this huge human farm with no escapees, no Neo, no Lawrence Fishburne. Why am I saying that? No Morpheus. I don't know. I'm not calling Neo uh, John Wick (laughs) Keanu Reeves. You're so bad with names. Uh, I'm not calling uh, Neo Keanu Reeves. I'm calling him Neo. Neo Morpheus. There's no Neo. There's no Morpheus. There's no Trinity. There's none of that going on. The machines won outright, undisputably, 100% smashed the humans put them in a matrix, but the matrix, the level four, we need strife, we need combat, we need war, is the Matrix movies. That's um, depressing. It's it's (laughs) horrible, right? Because it's just like, because obviously when you watch uh, the Matrix movies themselves get more depressing as they go on because they get so bad. Yeah. But it's like, there's the idea of hope that we can succeed. We can get out. It also works because at the end of Matrix 3, when Neo agrees, like, oh, you know what? I'll sacrifice myself, the Jesus allegory. I'll sacrifice myself and you can keep the humans in, but we'll keep fighting you or whatever. I can't even, I actually can't remember it well enough to fully do it justice here, but whatever the agreement is, it's not an agreement of the humans are free. It's like Zion's free. Yeah, I feel, I feel like... Um, and you can keep the other humans, but we're, we're allowed to keep trying to bust them out. I think that's the rough... It's like a truce, right? Just to stop Smith. So it's like a, a ceasefire. Yeah. 
basically the machines and it's it's a fake ceasefire so if you want to keep following that little thread neo theoretically could just be another program a yeah. program that's designed to be taken out becomes the savior and artificially forces a ceasefire so that the cycle can keep going and the humans will never win and the robots will always be like so he's oh. kind of like introduced as an idea that's disseminated throughout this um we'll call it the the drab matrix mm-hmm. because it's everything's so gray and drab yep, yep, yep. so he's an idea that's disseminated by the robots through the drab matrix with little people almost becoming like a religion picking that up and going oh, that's it that's the, the thing one. we need Neo, and it drives the them and it drives them to this point because yeah. it and it gives them something to fucking work on you know yeah. what I mean? it gives it gives, it gives the humans them purpose, their strife their but, war and it's enough purpose that they'll never try and go are we up because mm-hmm. they're going forward they're not going up and they're not looking at the big picture the, yeah, actually the easiest way to probably if anyone is still struggling with this at home the easiest way to think of it is there's green matrix in the middle which is the green tinged 90s matrix right mm. that we see that uh neo's where everyone's in. got cool leather jackets and sunglasses yes then outside that is drab matrix yes. perfect where the humans are actively fighting and and lawrence fishburne tells them look humans need war we rebelled against the perfect world they have mech suits. And then a level up from that is the human, actual, real life, the robots have won. Imagine that one to be whatever color you choose. It could be regular human colors. But uh, yeah, that's where the robots are. And they're just, they're just watching. And every now and then a little robot interns like, oh, the, 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 the one program is getting near the end of the simulation. So should we just make him uh, agree to fight Smith and then sacrifice himself? And then they could find a new one. Yeah, sounds good. I guess that's where the the system. Let's go. I guess there's in two ways you can then dart off of that. You've got what the fourth movie does, which is that it's like a video game because technically Neo is just a character created and programmed to run his course, and everyone else is like NPCs almost, and he's just like getting them to where they need to be. Yep. Or the other one is this reality that we're in is the next level of the Matrix that we have created for these robots that the robots have then created for Drab Matrix. Oh, so this is like a back the and forth. Drab Matrix is then created for Green Matrix. <laughs> and what's above us? What mate? If, if we're in this... Because sometimes... I don't know if you ever have this thought. This is a weird thought I've had sometimes. Mm-hmm. When I'm asleep, I feel like... Or have you ever had thought you've heard someone say your name and you turn around and there's the no time. one there? All the time. I That happens to me more often than... And I haven't wanted to say to anyone because Hannah's been Hannah's been going on like, oh, I actually think you might have early onset dementia. We should maybe go get you checked. Excellent, because my memory is beyond oh, terrible. Yeah, mine is gone. But we're just, maybe we're just old. I think the alcohol. I think the yeah. alcohol abuse in our eighteen to twenty six sixes, yeah. coupled with bad genes, we might just be fucked. I mean, out. these jeans you're wearing are fine. <laughs> These are shorts, you fucking moron. Yeah, thanks for ruining that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the way you look to me so honestly. These are shorts, you fucking moron. <laughs> um, but yeah, between that and like things like that, where I just constantly hear my name being called. That's what happened I- to me in the car the other night. Oh, Drive, driving home, Gary behind me, to which I'm then, one, shiting my pants, yeah. and two, like, I have to turn and look to confirm that there isn't somebody you look in the, the rear of view mirror. That's what it's there for. What if they're ducked behind one of the seats? What if there's ducks behind the seats? What if they have ducked behind oh, the seats? I was like, why have there be ducks behind <laughs> the seats? Oh, no, I'm definitely going crazy. <laughs> I've got Shit. ducks all over my car. <laughs> That's what I think. It's like, it's the it's the matrix above us of someone trying to like communicate down to us and be like, maybe I'm in some sort of, I'm in, I'm, 
comaed into the Matrix. I'm not learning Kung Fu, by the way. I would like to be learning Kung Fu right now, but I'm not. And someone's trying to communicate with me, like Neo, like Trinity shouting to Neo. And she goes, Neo! And then he's, <gasps> and he wakes up, and then he's like, he's beginning to believe. Like that type of stuff, you know? I want to begin to believe. I like how you did three characters back to back there, and all three of them were terrible. <laughs> Everyone. Uh, I should be a voice actor. You think? He's beginning to believe. Why have you made him Nigerian? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you should hear my audio volume impression. Madeline. What? <laughs> what? He's got a song and I just like to sing the first word in his kind of Alex Turner impression. Madeline. What's your next theory? Let's move this crazy steam train on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anyone wants Wait, to wake me up from this. Can I have another Tacky Fuego? Oh, yeah. You can. Uh, so that was yeah. a good theory. Yeah, that's a good theory. I'll treat you with a Tacky Fuego. Yes. So, I took two, you Oh, you dick. cheaty bastard. <laughs> I, said, I meant to say sneaky, but said cheaty. <laughs> right, I'm going to um, silence your mic during this section. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so my next because then I also if I silence your mic I can just get through what my theory is see how I was quiet during yours and let you explain it and then we had discussion meanwhile in mine you're just like what's that dinosaur called I know that dinosaur yeah big fucking anyway <laughs> I'm gonna look up that dinosaur oh god my theory is that Kevin McAllister from Home Alone grows up to be Jigsaw from the Saw movies <laughs> So, because <laughs> when you think of that, that's wonderful, isn't it? That's that's fucking good. <laughs> the reason that's a great theory is because without you giving me any more information other than the headline, yeah, I am like, yeah, I can one hundred percent. Because literally, that, that's because like with. <laughs> The Jurassic Park one or the Matrix the Matrix. You're like, all right, so explain this to me. Well, that right. one, it Makes says sense. it in itself. And right you can there. just start to manufacture whatever wonderful ideas you like in your head. For the me, trauma. It's, it's the psychological trauma. Because yep. the last time you see uh, Kevin McAllister's in Home Alone 2. So then it's just like he disappears. Next time he reappears, he's chained people to a bathroom wall. <laughs> with, with some crazy <laughs> Goldberg trap. When he's diagnosed with like cancer. cancer or something, and he's like, what's the medication and mm -hmm. the chemotherapy, blah, 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 and like, it can make your head all fuzzy and weird. So maybe it's uh, causing him to revert to his childhood kind of self when, abandoned. when he felt threatened because he was alone and he feels alone because he's got cancer and there's no one around him. And then boom, he's like, oh, I'm going to start creating these weird Rube Goldberg Freudian monster machines that I can make people, like, make them splay open and blah. It's also... Is it the first one? Second? It's the first for Saw, right? Where, where, like, in one of the flashbacks, the police are like, and this is the other thing. He always, he always, uh, he always makes, like, what is it that they say? He never actually hurts someone. They always do it to themselves. Yeah, because the whole point of this, of Saw, is of, that he's, of Jigsaw's things is to make you learn a life lesson because of something you've done bad. Yeah. Which then turns into, or comes back to Kevin McAllister, which is. He always makes, like, 
Well, I was actually this, now that I'm thinking about this going through, I was like, yeah, you, like you always fall into the trap. But no, no, Kevin McAllister blasts that guy in the face with a BB gun. <laughs> but, but he's trying to teach them a life lesson because the lesson, the, the lesson exists. He's trying to teach them a lesson because like they tried to break into his house and steal stuff. Like you need to learn your lesson. Harry and Marv. Yeah. My favorite one, my favorite one is when Harry, after burning his hand on the on the door handle, when he gets the H imprinted on him. Mm. Brilliant. Then he eventually goes around back and he like he's like, I got you now, you little bastard. You didn't check the back door. And he set up that blowtorch. Yes. And it's the, the scream. <laughs> every no, it's every time I watch it, it's not Everything about the scene is fucking hilarious, but it's just, uh, what, who's the actor? It's not Bob Hoskins. It's not Danny DeVito. It's the other one, the other balding, angry man, Joe Pesci. You're so bad with names. It's Joe Pesci. Um, it's just Joe Pesci cranking the door open, fire, and he stands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just lets it happen. <laughs> For like five seconds, just screaming. And I understand the shot's fucking hilarious, but it's his face. Ah! <laughs> like the flame. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, my favorite one is in Home Alone 2, where Kevin McAllister clearly run out of ideas uh-huh. and just lobs a brick off a roof. <laughs> <laughs> this will get someone. <laughs> this will do something, maybe. <laughs> Sets up these elaborate uh, things. Of, like, he's got like the paint cans coming down and hitting yeah. people, the stair falls, the BB, the heated thing. You're like, oh, he's... I mean, it's horrendously sadistic that he's been able to think this shit through. It this- is. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's all... It's all it's all t- like you know, uh, swept away in Home Alone and Home Alone Two. Under, the, under like, the guys, oh, the, he's a kid. He's oh, using he's, toys. Yeah, he's being creative with his kids. He's stuff. being creative, and he's got to fight back against the the baddies. But no, he's being a little horrible shit to the point he just lobs a brick off a roof onto a man's head. <laughs> kill, that would kill him. I, Harry and Marv are immortal. I think we spoke about this in a previous episode, oh, right? Most definitely, like a while back. But uh, Harry and Marv are in universe canon immortal people they are just having to break into houses and unable to die <laughs> it's just they're trapped in this there's another theory they're just trapped in this horrible groundhog day loop <laughs> of trying to break into houses and just getting utterly destroyed oh man but then the idea that then kevin McAllister grows up to become jigsaw where he creates even more elaborate violent machines he kind of looks like the, who's the actor that plays jigsaw Oh, I but that, that's the other thing it's like they're both blonde they both have blue eyes <laughs> and they've kind of got a similar, uh, similar jawline <laughs> Dilophosaurus Dilo, is the one with the collar is that the name of the actor <laughs> or the character no that's the the dinosaur the dinosaur but you, you the last thing you asked was what was the name of the character and then you came back with Dilophosaurus <laughs> Alright, it was on my last Google search. And uh yeah. No, who is the actor that plays Jigsaw? I can't remember the actor. I also can't remember the character. The Wet Bandits also. We could call the the, the two guys the Wet Bandits. It's a, a Tobin Bell. And Tobin the, Bell. It's John Kramer. I remembered it was Kramer. Uh, but yeah, I just really like that whole idea that um just this because obviously um Kevin McAllister and Home Alone is quite sweet and Macaulay Hulkin like as great as that, that kind is of like, Macaulay Culkin. See, that could be Macaulay Culkin. You age him up now that now that Macaulay Culkin's off the crack and filling out more. Yeah, I see it. Tobin Bell and Macaulay Culkin, same same. Do your googles out there, people. Do your googling. You'll see that it looks similar. Um, 
So now it's fun one. to watch. If you want to watch all the Home Alone movies, you have to watch Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, then Jigsaw's 1 to like 5. <laughs> then you've seen all of the Home Alone movies. So there's your Christmas this year. 1 to 5? Jigsaw's 1 to no, 10 away. No, but the, the, that, doesn't Book that character Soul? like die? Because there's the one with Chris Rock recently and he that Tobin Bell guy wasn't in it. That's true. But he comes back because then he starts coming back in flashbacks true and then there's that one that you're like well when's this one set and it turns out it's a, a full prequel it's like a jigsaw you gotta put it together so this christmas watch all of the jigsaw movies and home alone one and two home alone one, plus home alone two. Uh, the, the the most sadistic um monster of all is in home alone two donald trump <laughs> what's true, your next the true i'll monster. give you a tacky fuego and then we're going to your next yeah. theory fuego me up baby that's the sound of awful crisps if you're out there, people. I was going to say, if you're out there, people. Of course, you're out there. Where else would you be? If you're in these little microphones, go to. We'll let you out tomorrow. Go to your local corner shop, get a pack of tacky fuegos, and then email in or tweet us, or hit us up on DMs and let us, let us know what you think of tacky fuegos. Gabby's incredibly wrong on this one. It's so good. Me and my girlfriend. And Audio Boy all agree that uh, tacky fagos are fucking gross. That's just confirmation bias. Who's th- what's that? How's what? That's confirmation bias. How? Well, you all agree. So there's three of you. You all agree. Well, so right. Which means you've decided you're does, all right. Does Hannah like tacky fagos? Loves them. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> what My is next your, one? Your next theory is less about a movie. And in, more about in a the way sense of that being. It's not about a movie at all. Oh, for fuck's sake. Is this going to be like Sonic it's or something? movie adjacent. It's going to be a video game, isn't it? Mm-mm. Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau? Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau. Famously. Directed uh, the room. Director of The Room. Terrible, terrible movie. That's a new movie coming out this year. He does. And it's he, a shark movie. A shark movie at the end of his at the end of the trailer, he put a, an advert for boxes for some fucking reason. Yeah, he's, he's got belt buckles and boxers and stuff. He's nuts. So Tommy Wiseau is, if you don't know, for anyone who doesn't know, the director of The Room, and if you don't know what The Room is, a very quick, ver- a very, very quick kind of history of that. It's, it's audibly and, and well-known as being the worst movie ever made. It is acted badly, directed badly, um, written badly, written badly, shot badly, shot badly. Uh, the only thing it has going for it is that it inexplicably had sets and a full crew working on it, which will have cost money. And we have uh, we have proof. We have we obviously know that people worked on these films, and we, they had a, a full Hollywood studio. There and, are and plenty of interviews crew. out there with people who worked. Yeah, with them. and it's not like you know, like oh yeah, me and Tommy was over in college, and we were friends. Yada yada yada. Like it's it full crews. People were crewed up for the day. Uh, for days on end. So there was a lot of money, even though that film's terrible, there's a lot of money put into that film going on to Tommy Wiseau. Hmm. Tommy Wiseau appeared out of thin air, it seems, right? So when you speak to anyone who knows Tommy Wiseau, um, he speaks with a very, very uh, thick kind of, like Eastern European accent. Yeah. But when you, apparently, if you ever push him on that, you're like, where are you from? He just adamantly says California. He refuses to admit he's not from California, right? So there's that, which is fucking weird. There's the fact that he funded this whole movie. And yeah. for anyone that doesn't know, Tomuzo paid for the entirety of the room. Um, and when people pressed him for like, where did you get where did you get your money from? Yeah, where did the financing come from all of this? Where did you finance? Like, where are you getting his money from? Are you like a dot-com kid? Are you, uh, are you just a fucking heir to a 
European country. <laughs> like, like just some, <sighs> just tell us the truth. And he was, he was cagey about the whole fucking thing. So all we really know about Tommy Wiseau is that he appeared in the, he just kind of turned up one day in, in California, LA, um, out of nowhere, it seems, in the kind of end of the 80s, and then just started trying to get into films and TV and shit like and that. And the Hollywood business. The whole, do the whole Hollywood stick. Then, inexplicably, had the money to fund a film, wrote it, directed it, and, and insisted on being behind the camera for chunks of it. And that all comes through. It all shines through if you ever watch The Room. So the theory... <laughs> Oh, I God. fucking love this theory. Is that Tommy Wiseau is DB Cooper, famed? You know who DB Cooper? <laughs> you know DB Cooper is? Yeah, I know who DB Cooper is. Tommy Wiseau. The theory is that Tommy Wiseau is DB Cooper. It all fits. Do you want to explain to people who DB Cooper is? <laughs> so anyone who doesn't and know, also DB Cooper is not. Uh, uh, it's not Bigfoot. And DB Cooper <laughs> doesn't ride the Loch Ness Monster. And DB Cooper isn't Loki. He's Loki. Yeah. He, there's a, so DB Cooper. If you don't know, DB Cooper was a, it, not was he's a he's a genuine real person uh, who stole a bunch of money from the American bank and then just vanished. We got on a plane and then parachuted out of the plane either with the money or some of the money definitely with some of the money but not all of it and some of it was kind of scattered over i think it was like the canadian but he thing. had a parachute they found the parachute they found i think they never found the briefcase i think they found the parachute and then they searched and they searched and searched the area around him and he just apparently vanished he just disappeared into thin air so he's gone down as the is one of the most i think he's one of the most uh, with inflation and all that shit one of the most prolific uh robbers in american yeah. history um and this theory just states that, yeah, it's Tommy was like, and the timelines, if you look at it, the timelines kind of match up. So there's like a five year gap. And then Tommy was, oh, bam, like bursts out onto the scene. And what a better way of spending your money by turning up with a fucking vaguely European accent, insisting you're from fucking California with a wad full of cash. But Spend then why would you, movie. why would you choose to um, do something so prolific? Why wouldn't you just want to disappear into the Canadian border? <gasps> what if? <laughs> what if? You know, there's that because I just said he's not Bigfoot, but you know that famous um, video that was quote unquote Bigfoot, where it's like a faraway shot and he's just kind of aw awkwardly walking. The, uh, the gimbal footage. What if that was Tommy Wiseau in the Bigfoot suit? You mean DB Cooper? What if that was DB Cooper <laughs> slash Tommy Wiseau in the Bigfoot suit, and that was his first foray? Into, into, filmmaking. into filmmaking, but people took it uh, to be real and he was shooting it as like, oh, this is just my first short film. <laughs> and so the first um, Bigfoot movie is a short film directed by Tommy Wiseau, uncredited. Uncredited. And he liked the enjoyment and fame of he that like, so much. Shit, like, I could do this. I could, I've got so much money sitting in that briefcase. I like, should go to Hollywood oh, and write a weird rom-com what is the room? What is like? How do you? Why would you that? think I was going to have an answer to that question? It's crazy. Is it? No, it's not that movie. But you think? Oh, it might be that movie where he thinks um, to have sex, you need to penetrate through the belly button. Yeah, he's trying. He's doing like the fake sex, but he's so. But then high. that's also the movie Showgirls, where like they have, the way they're having sex, he would be like um, going into her belly button. Showgirls is a weird movie as well. That's a uh, Phoebe Buffay, right? What's her name? No, no. is it not? Is oh it? no, it's not. It's the girl from Saved by the Bell. Yeah, and, and then you've she got... has sex with that guy in the swimming pool. And what, she acts like a dolphin from Twin Peaks and everything and Dune. And it's just wow, wow, wow. 
Yeah. What if that was Tommy Wiseau? <laughs> <laughs> and that's Tommy what, Wiseau was in Saved by the Bell. That's why the performance was so weird. And that's the only two occasions in cinema that I'm aware of where people think they have to have celly button. Sex, sex by button. putting the penis in the belly button. He also doesn't know how to play football. If you've never seen The Room, please go watch. There's that bit in The Room halfway through, they all turn up in tuxedos. And then yeah. Doing the, and then they start calling that guy a chicken. And clearly, Tommy was the director was like, this is how you do chicken. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. I did. <laughs> we can't go down this route because it's a nightmare. I did not. I did not hit her. Oh, hi, Mark. But yeah, anyone You're who my favorite customer. Hi, doggy. never heard of Tommy was like, all The Room. I don't know if I'd say watch the room. It's, like, I think guess, it's, if you're going to watch the room, find a couple of people that want to watch the room with you. Get drunk or uh, inebriated, however you choose, and then watch it. It's a fucking We should also um, make it clear. We're not talking about the 20, like, Brie Larson movie. the Brie Larson movie, The Room. We're talking about just room. Room. Just room. There's no there. So in case you think we're just like, that's a Brie Larson movie. What the fuck are these two idiots talking about? No, we're talking about the Tommy Wiseau <laughs> movie. Room, which you can probably like. Uh, he's, he's really weird about uh, gaining access to the movie. So I th- no, you don't get the tacky fuego yet. Don't, don't fucking put your hands out like a wee baby whatnot. A, a treat. I'm done. I'm done talking about this. No, your, we're not. One, we're not I've got more to say. Because ah. Tommy Wiseau, he likes to now do those kind of Rocky Horror Picture Show-esque <laughs> experiences showings yeah where yeah, like yeah. he you shows to, up you get to talk along and and people lose their minds and like and he's there and he's like the big star of the show and he's got three belts on but he doesn't dress like db cooper dressed when he went missing and you can't dress like you would but, dress when you went missing that, that would draw too much attention but to that it. would be the most like baller move ever to show up dressed yeah. like db cooper no, was well, that's you didn't get in trouble he needed to turn up he needed to like he needs to be in the limelight, but to do that, he has to. He had created this character, Tommy Wiseau. He's a weird looking fella as well. He's he looks plastic. like he's melted. He it, looks like a like a like an action man with a wig on that, that was left in the sun. A bit and that could long. fall into the DB Cooper thing of he needed to change his face, yeah. so he got like a a very weird like probably Hair went over to mask. Russia or something or whatever and Where or Siberia from? and got like a weird. Um, face transplant and that's where he picked up the accent when he was in Siberia he's bizarre it's I'm crazy. really good at this Tommy Wiseau D.B. Cooper um, theory fuego me you motherfucker <sighs> just let me have them let no me- you get one alright alright what's your next theory Gavin <laughs> I should point out this is my last theory because I only have time to figure out three I have two more okay good um, my next theory I forgot Lord my next theory is that um, I'm saving my last one, my big one for last. James T. Kirk, Captain Kirk, was captured, imprisoned, or killed by the Vija probe in the first Star Trek movie, and everything else that takes place after is just all in his head. What's the Vija probe? So the Vija probe. I think you need to do a bit more, a little, a little bit more Star Trek history for me and for our listeners. <laughs> it might be like I almost set it up like this. <laughs> so Vija Six was a probe sent out uh, from Earth, uh, which was a real probe that was sent right. out by Earth, not uh, in a Star Trek world. No, in reality, sent out there, and in the idea like of the, Sputnik. Yeah, and the idea of the motion picture is this: this advanced alien race discovered the probe but didn't fully understand what the probe's um, the purpose probe. was because the, the probe was damaged. But they knew the probe's primary purpose was to 
gather and learn as much about the universe as it could. So it's not the it's not the one with like happy birthday written on it in the math. It's got like the the gold plaque with like the the picture of the man and woman like songs for like, oh yeah it is yeah. that thing yeah then. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it's the idea that this advanced alien race captured it repurposed it made it into this giant like all-consuming cloud of knowledge and send it back out into the universe mm-hmm. and so it makes its way back to earth but they did it kind of wrong and the way it consumes is by deconstructing and consuming it literally yeah so like Klingon warbirds, for example, are just getting wiped out, right? And like massive uh, stations are getting destroyed. So, but then, when the Enterprise comes to it, the cloud lets the Enterprise pass through and get to its center. And Kirk gets there and he's like, Voyager, Voyager, oh, it's Voyager. And then there's the idea that the probe captures or imprisons Kirk because. Kirk is one of the greatest Starfleet captains uh-huh. that the planet has ever known. And he's seen more than perhaps any other human on Earth. And it's like, I'm going to explore him by having him. And right. so then every movie afterwards, quite coincidentally, all revolve around things from Kirk's past, i.e. like TV show past, yeah. or things that Kirk wanted to do. Yeah. So for example, the next Star Trek movie is The Wrath of Khan. Khan shows up, Kirk's greatest enemy. He gets to fight Khan and defeat Khan. And then you've got the search for Spock. Spock dies yeah. uh, at the end of the the Wrath of Khan. So he spends search for Spock, bringing Spock back from the dead. Voyage home. They go back in time and save Wait, is whales. That what the search for Spock's about? Yeah, they they go they go and save because because Spock's body, obviously, you know this, gets obviously. launched onto the planet that the Genesis. Uh, was put onto and Genesis creates life. Okay. So while this, the Genesis probe is... You're dropping words and fucking things at me like I'm meant to know what the yeah, fuck you're so talking the, about. And you everyone, look so happy right everyone now. Everyone knows this, obviously. <laughs> so the Genesis probe is creating a... Because pl- there's the whole point of Wrath of Khan too. So they're trying to get Genesis. Oh, and then, right. and then Khan yeah, wants to take speed. It, and then we've got Genesis. So instead of Spock... Spock's Gen- body's on the Genesis probe. Getting, it's on the Genesis planet. Planet getting And so while the shit. planet's being terraformed from a moon into a real planet, yeah. Spock's body's being reborn and terraformed into a new life. And so he starts from baby into grown man. Right. This is all in Kirk's And this head. is all, this is Kirk, like, this is all in Kirk's Spock died before or some bodies need like Kirk, that. And needs is, Spock back. Yeah. In real yeah, life, it's just because Leonard Nimoy wasn't sure if he was coming back to the movies because he was not happy with the money he was getting. Yeah. But in the movies, in Kirk's mind, in V'ger. And then... I feel like that little aside you gave was about the real reason why kind of flies in the face of what the film theory episode would be. <laughs> that doesn't matter because then it goes because literally in final frontier kirk fights god i i'm okay what that, that's crazy <laughs> okay. and defeats I'm gonna, god i'm gonna come i'm gonna My come back to that i am stuck and i can't quite get over this hill the probe was called vija yeah and Spock, Spock, Kirk misconstrues that to Voyager. No, so the... What was the Voyager Voyager so part? the probe in real life was called Voyager 6. Voyager. And it sent out... Why were you saying Voyager? Because with the with the probe traveling through space, it gets like kind of dust and dirt and stuff on it. And so those bits the get... The Oya gets covered. That gets covered. V-ger. And so the probe just calls itself V'ger because oh that's what God, it, that's, that's so what the aliens so saw and thought it was called. That's dumb They thought shit. it was V'ger. So they called right. it V'ger. So that's why when they initially see V'ger or encounter that name, they're like, 
they don't recognise it. They don't know what Voyager is. Isn't Star Trek Voyager a thing? Well, there's a TV show, Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, about this. No, that's about the the, oh, the, the ship. Christ. The ship Jesus called Christ, Voyager yeah. that gets <laughs> catapulted into the Delta Quadrant, and then it will take seventy years for it to get home. Right. So they start the seventy-year-long mission to get home. But they end who's up, in Voyager? Picard. It, that's that's Kate Mulgrew, who's Captain. That's after Ka- Picard. That's after TNG. Is Fraker on that one? Fraker. I don't know. The Jonathan Frakes? Well, so no one from TNG appears in Voyager. Right, okay. Hold on. Nope. Jordy does. Who the fuck is Jordy? He's the visor guy. Oh, right. <laughs> does Data, do they have their own Data? No, they, they have, have a different Data. They have a Vulcan called Tuvok, who's kind of like, I don't have emotions. They also do they have, have another. Oh, no, because Data is unique. Yeah. Well, he's I'm trying to well remember there's, there's Data, there's Lord, and there's B4. There's three of them. Yeah, I, I was trying to remember from that night we drunk and we went Star Trek and you did this and I was inebriated <laughs> and it was far more palatable. So, this is hell. <laughs> Let's circle back to that theory then. <laughs> and at the end of Generations, it's Kirk fighting against the simulation. Uh... <laughs> I literally just chose this one to do this to you. <laughs> Because my initial idea was I was going to find three different Star Trek film theories and just slowly deliver them to you <laughs> to the point where you descended into madness. You've done it in one. I did well it in done. one. I didn't, you've done it I in one. I didn't other ones. So that is my Star it's Trek It's a good film. theory. Yeah. If I, 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 I keep saying this. I want to watch more Star Trek. And yeah. This is giving me more be like... I mean, to be fair, we would have the last time we hung out, but my internet died. I mean, it did die. I was buzzing. Because you're a curse upon my flat. I am. Nice new Ruder. Yeah, thanks. Um, do you want my last two? One of them is a little shorter because I didn't do as much looking into it. I, but I read it and I was like, that's interesting. So I'll give you that and then I'll give you my big one. I mean, my final question will be, now that when you go forward to watch Star Trek and you're going to watch Star Trek, the motion picture and so forward, do you think this film theory will now... Um, it's gonna, I'm going to be watching it waiting for Vija to appear. It literally appears in the first movie. Well, then after 24 episodes... I can't wait for you to walk out of this flat today, purge your brain of everything I've literally just said, and then one day you're going to be watching Star Trek, yeah. the motion picture, and be like, wait a minute, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> so my third one, my quick third one, is that Jack, and the reason I bring this one up is because uh, when we were like, we, we should do this, and I, mean, I know quite a lot of film theories, but I went looking just to like remind myself of my favorites, and I seen this one, I was like, I've never heard that, and this film's been out for fucking ages. So in the Titanic, yes, Jack is not just a regular passenger. He's a time traveler who has come back in time to do two things. The first one is stop Rose from committing suicide. Okay. Because that would have had a butterfly effect, which, and then that feeds into the second reason that Jack's back is to fully ensure 100% that that, that Titanic hits the iceberg. Okay. and, And it doesn't change the course of time. So the, 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 there's only a couple of things. There is only a couple of reasons that people think this, but the, the three big ones is that one, Jack himself is pretty anachronistic. So he has a haircut that is quite modern. <laughs> I love if you stop there. He has a haircut. He has a haircut. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> In the forties, they didn't do that. I don't know when the Titanic sank. Um, yeah, but he's got like he's got quite a modern haircut. So you know, and obviously that was just Leo DiCaprio turning up, and he's like, "I'm Leo DiCaprio. I'm cool as fuck." It's 1912. 1912. Thank you. But uh, yeah, he's got a haircut from like years later that he shouldn't technically have. He has a backpack, which wasn't of the time. It wasn't the style. Men didn't wear backpacks. Um, that's just not a thing that existed for men. But he has this backpack. Uh, and thirdly. The big and the big one that a lot of people are kind of like is he's like when we get back off this ship, Rose, I'm gonna take you to, 
this is wrong, so I apologize. But he's like, whatever it is, I'm going to take you to Coney Island and we're going to ride the such and such raid, Pepsi Max, whatever the fuck it's called, which wasn't built for like another five years. I couldn't think. All I could think of was Blackpool no, but, Pleasure Beach. <laughs> but I just love it's 1912. He's like, we're going to ride the Pepsi Max ride. And, I'm going to take you and to and Blackpool and we're going to ride the Pepsi Max. Turns the camera, dr- opens the Pepsi Max, goes, <laughs> it's the only drink for me. And you're like, James Cameron, what are you doing? <laughs> what is this? Um, but yeah, but like the whole theory is basically, and there's probably more to it, but I just skimmed. But there, there's probably more to it. But I just love this idea that, that uh, at some point in time cop fucking history, um, they were like, oh shit, this woman's in this timeline. I don't know how time cops would work because it would, if they already know that the Titanic has to sink, then why would, like, you know what I mean? Like, how does, anyway, going on a time travel. We're not going to time travel again. Anyway, time comes like, holy shit, look, she's depressed and she might kill herself and that butterfly effect stop the Titanic sinking, which then in turn would start the nuclear holocaust. I don't fucking know how it works. <laughs> Someone needs to go back and he's like, I'll go back. And he goes back <laughs> and he goes back in time and he's like, Rose, don't kill yourself. And she's like, oh, I'm so depressed. I have to marry Cal Hockley and he's a fucking royal dick. And he's like, well, I suppose if the only thing that will stop you from killing yourself is shagging me. Oh, if, if it's you, for the timeline. If you have to, you know. <laughs> so I just love that. That was uh, like, one. But beforehand, I need to have my Pepsi Max <laughs> fuel me up. The other one, and this is the bigger one that I wanted to talk about, uh, and this will probably be my last one, uh, is that in the prestige, the theory is called the no science theory. Hmm. Have you heard of this? No. Cool. This is going to be fun then. So, if you've not seen The Prestige, very quickly, the whole film is about magic. And this, the rest of them, I don't think really have spoiled much. Um, But The Prestige is the one I think might be in the kind of, like, you may or may not have seen it. So, spoiler warning from here on out if you haven't seen it. Uh, Basically, The Prestige is about two magicians that are constantly trying to one-up each other. Yeah. Uh, Angia and Borden, played by Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. You Um, remember these names. I know, right? It's because I fucking love this film. So... As the film progresses, um, Christine Bell's character, Borden, yeah, Borden, has a trick that um, can't be replicated. He basically appears, he goes, he disappears through a door and he appears on the other stage, side of the stage and it drives Hugh Jackman mad. He's like, what the actual fuck? Um, he can't replicate the trick well enough. He can't figure it out. He, he knows for a fact it's the same person coming out the door and he's like, it's impossible. It's, it's, a, it's. It's beyond magic. It's a fucking, like, it's an impossibility. So it, go, it drives him crazy, and he gets uh, Borden's notebook, and he reads it, and he steals it, or he buys it, I can't remember. Um, and eventually, it leads him to Nikola Tesla. And he's like, this played is where I- Played by David Bowie. Played by David Bowie, yeah. And Borden is like, this is where I got my trick. So uh, Angie goes out, meets Nikola Tesla. Tesla's like- I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's fucking, that's not a thing. And he's like, it is a thing. I've got the fucking notebook saying you've done it. Make me the same thing. Nikola Tesla, in the confines of the film that shows you, uh, makes him a cloning machine. Mm. And then, which allows Angia to perform the trick. But the way he does it, because he commits to the bit, and that's a big part of the film, is you have to commit to the lie, is every night the machine clones him. It drops him into a giant, uh, like, tub of water that drowns the clone or the original. Um, he then appears further away and he's like, hello, I'm here. I'm um, and then the film goes on and there's a few other bits and pieces. So that's pretty spoilery without some of the biggest, biggest spoilers. And that is an aside, a fucking great movie. It's a fucking great film, right? 
So the theory goes that at the end of the film, Michael Caine's character, Michael Caine, Michael Caine gives you the whole, now you may have watched that and you may or may not believe, but you want to believe. And that's what magic Riri is or whatever he says. Riri is. Riri is. Um, and people kind of picked up on that. They're like, wait, why the fuck are they reiterating the whole point of like magic only exists if you truly believe in it? And, and, and the motive is like, you think what you saw is what you saw, but it weren't. That's the trick. People kind of took that as like, wait, if I go back and rewatch the film, what have I missed? And there's plenty in there, in again, in the confines of what the film presents. But the big thing that stuck out for people is that the Nikola Tesla sci-fi cloning machine sticks out like a fucking sore thumb. Because hmm. the film is set in the 19, well, Tesla, 1940s, I guess, ish. Yeah. And like Tesla, even in his own time, even in real world history, he was a bit of a crackpot. Like he was a genius, but whatever. So... People are like, well, that's kind of weird that Tesla's in there. And not only is it Tesla's in there, but Tesla makes a fully functional cloning machine. So the no science theory is that if you go back and watch the film, Tesla is a crackpot. The machine doesn't work. He took Angie's money and fucks off. Right. And if you watch the film and you kind of go back through it, um, the cloning machine has never worked. It's wax dummies that are in those water containers or they're replicants somehow other way but they're not cloned the cloning machine has never ever ever worked this is angie have figured out a different way of doing the trick to fuck with borden and there was never any science oh, the so whole film is always like the whole film and as it presents to you is just a trick the actual story of the film is a trick everything about the prestige is a fucking trick and you fell for it because it was the easier option and you thought you had it but you never had it it's there's no science. It's all magic. Fuck you. I'm I'm Christopher Nolan. So it's like obviously because he shows Nikola Tesla the notebook. So yeah. Nikola Tesla gets to study it. Being the smart man that he is, he's like, oh, oh I, see I can figure out how to do this even better. Or I figured out he's done it, and I want to do the same thing. He either gets Andy Serkis to punt a bunch of cats and top hats yep. into the forest <laughs> to, to 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 sell the the, yeah. the lie because he's just like, oh, wander it that way at some point. Like, oh, where are all these uh, top hats coming from? He couldn't have possibly just. <laughs> Bought a bunch of top hats. Yep. He must. They must be clones. And the same with the cats. He can't have just bought black cats. So he, they must be clones. And I guess because the film and the Hugh Jackman character is running towards that idea, it makes you, the audience, just get on the same track yep. and be like, "Oh, this is what's happening." Because now that you point it out that all the film is all times presented as these are just magic it's, tricks. Everything's a trick. To then hard fucking left veer into Nikola Tesla's no, real clone machine. And there's a cloning machine. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Because the whole film is presented as these are magic tricks. Everything's a trick, right? Except the poor little bird that gets crushed. Except <laughs> the poor bird that gets crushed. But yeah, like, so it's, I, 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 I went down a fucking deep hole the other day. And, and the reason it came up, uh, the reason, and, and this is another kind of piece for like why it doesn't make sense, is if that cloning machine was legitimate, if it was a genuine 100% cloning machine, there are two pieces of, of information that show us that it's not. The first one is that he uh, like fucks his leg up at one point, remember? And if the clone, like if the cloning machine clones him, it will clone him with a fucked up leg. But mm. the fucked up leg like stops existing in the near the end of the film. Mm. So it's kind of like, well, that's weird. Then the second, and then it eventually comes back. The second, and this is the bigger one for me. Angie is a smart man. We know that, right? Yes. And with all the fake outs, we know he's a pretty loaded, very smart man. But he's also like, maybe not genius, but he's intelligent enough, right? Um, and him and theoretically any clone of him would all be desperate to... They're all in the same mindset of, fuck Borden, we have to win, right? Yeah. 
Why would he need to clone himself a hundred million times? Why would he clone himself multiple times for trick? After one cloning, he has two of him. Yeah, he never needs to then- He never needs to, to, to drown himself every single night. That's all just to fuck Borden and frame him and get him murdered. Yeah. Like, so, so the theory goes deep. And again, deep, deep spoiler territory here, folks. The theory goes even deeper that Angie figures out Borden's trick so early on into the film. But because that whole thing in the film that is commit to the lie, he keeps the facade that he doesn't know up, finds a double and just uses it to frame Borden and get him murdered and executed because he's so deep into the fucking rivalry that yeah, you can't get Another out. thing that the film presents is you have that um magician who's like an old man yeah but it's this whole idea that he's not an old man and it's just a it's, it's the character that's it, like a it, big turning yeah. point for the and film. the whole point of the movie is just like you have these magicians who go so deep into this that it becomes their, their the character becomes their reality mm-hmm. and then it's just that that fuels who they are as a person so the and like what what i what i fucking love about this theory is that the film is constantly telling you it the film is constantly telling you that from the very beginning to the very end that these magicians will go to any lengths to live the lie and to sell you the lie. Oh, wait, here's a magic man, Tesla, with a magic machine that can clone you. Uh, oh, and also Angie uh, dies and yada, yada. And it's just like, like, a, like a, a good magic trick, it's showing you at all times, but you don't see it because it, it doesn't. you don't want to see it. But then when you do see it, you see it. The whole film. Like, ah. The whole film. It's just there. Anyway. This, I, 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 when I was down this, I've kind of just presented it from the very like, here's the reason it makes sense. There's a few people and there's a few- but there's, that, there's always going to be like, this is why it can't there's happen. There's a few things that do make it not make sense. But I just think as a fucking film theory that I read it and I was like blown away. I feel it's like- so fucking For me, I, I'm always hurt and miss with like film theories because I feel like there are, there are two main camps of film theories. There's a the one you've presented, which is- here's an idea of what's going on in this film but if you don't think it's what's happening then it doesn't change the film for you and you can still enjoy it then there's the other kind of theories where it's just like this film isn't good but here's a theory and if you go off this theory then it's good all of a sudden and i like there's those two camps i also like the camp but it's just like i can now watch the prestige again and i have that idea but if my if I'm like mm, nah that doesn't line up cool then that theory's out and I yeah. just watch the film as because the prestige still rocks and it still works yeah and it's still so it's, great it's, and you, it's an interesting one to watch it through this new lens of the whole film is a trick because yeah, like what was it Phil or Audio Boy was talking recently about that movie Tar with Kate Blanchett where like mm. a lot of people saw it it was very a lot of people loved it a lot of people hated it and then there started with this theory that's like there's a ghost involved and stuff and like if you look at this there's a, and Audio Boy looked into it and he thought. Oh, I think I like it better now because of the ghost yeah, idea, yeah, yeah. but there's nothing to support the ghost idea. And I'm like, <laughs> so then you're just manufacturing. So that's what people you're just do. Finding things you're manufacturing like an idea to yeah, make yeah. the film you thought was good better, or to justify, to justify why you, you yeah, like justify it. why you like it. That's the thing with film. It's my whole thing games. as well. And this is very, very, very quick. But the whole the, my whole theory on the uh, the John Wick films are the best. At least one and two, and kind of will stop there. But John Wick one and two are the best video game movies we've ever had, even though they're not video game films. Oh yeah, with like the gold coins. Right, and, mate, yeah. go back and watch John Wick one and two. Those films are presented to you like they're a video game, but just. I think we've talked about this multiple times. I fucking love it though. But and I, for me, it improves them. I think it's great. Anyway, I mean, yeah. we are. That's a fucking long episode. It's not. We've done longer than this. We could keep going. Let's keep going. We you just keep what? going. People don't want to hear it. We're done. Uh, that was, was a good. That I, was a great. Was a here's attacky fuego. Yeah. You can have the whole bag now because I'm oh, going to do the outro. Fuego me. And I'm going to mute your mic. Don't. 
Let so, me listen to me. Thank you, everyone, for we listening. We want to hear me talking while you're talking. No, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to an episode of the Meandering Movie Podcast. We are trying to do minimum one a month because minimum. Gary and I have such um, busy lives. But we're going to. The problem is, I live too far away. You live too far away. If I lived in Glasgow, we'd be doing like. Maybe twice a week. We'd be doing it every week. Yeah, for sure. We'd have our Star Trek podcast off the ground. We would have, but that'll never happen. <laughs> I want it to, but uh, so yes, thank you for listening. I, what's the what's the word I want? Uh, house house cleaning house chore a thing. Uh, go on Spotify and give our podcast a rating. Give it a five star rating, please. That would be wonderful. Yes, please. Uh, same on iTunes. Leave us a review. Give us a wee rating. Share this with your friends. There are a lot of you out there who really like this podcast. You always come to me and tell me how much you enjoy this podcast. I know one of you out there listens to this podcast in the shower. So if you're showering right now, don't forget to check that you don't have any lumps down there. That's important. Male or female? Male. Um, Hey, this one's for you. I'm going to give you a deep vibration while you're showering so that you can feel... And if you want to get in contact with us, I want you to jump down into that description. You will find links to our email, our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Instagram. Give us some love, give us some likes, give us some interest, and give us some suggestions of podcast topics you want to hear us do in the future. I look forward to hearing from none of you, and I will cry alone in my bed at night, except sometimes when I'm with my girlfriend, and I'll still cry, and she finds it weird. But we go on with it. It's fine. Thank you for listening. I have been the... I forgot the name that I gave myself. You said you were the muck dog. I'm the muck... I'm the ducks in the back of Gary's car when he's driving. Gavin Stewart. I'm Gary. I mean, Tacky Fragos. Bye! Music is live. It's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. So won't you lend an ear?